Yo, what up? What up, what up, what up? This is you, Levine. Gule Wei, Orion de Peligrosa. T-Double. The mighty DJ Mel. This is Ginger Lee. Zilli. Protégé. Yo, 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 everybody, it's Toddy B. This is your favorite giant China man, CK. DJ K. Cali, you rocking with the feedback. The feedback. The feedback. The feedback. The feedback. You are listening to the Feedback Podcast. With my homie, Back. Welcome, everybody, to the Feedback Podcast. My name is Back, and we are live here at Sidebar on Red River 7th Street. Miko in the house. Hello, America. Byron in the house. What up, what up? And today is a little, it's a special episode. Well, one, we'd, we've been doing uh, live episodes on location for a while. We love it. But we got Chad in the house. I'm going to try it. Try it. Damn it. Chateki. Saiteki. Swaiteki. Okay. Got it? Got it? <laughs> said, okay. I don't think that's a positive affirmation. Drop my name. I've ne- no. I, I don't uh, so, you're one up on me, bud. No, it's all right. It's all right. But hello. Thank you for a, coming. A Tamika pleasure. Jones is here as well. Thank you hello. for coming. So uh, we're going to talk about the Austin music scene 2017. Chad reached out to me and he said, hey, there's a lot of stuff going on that we should talk about. Uh, went to the music commission meeting uh, earlier this month. There's, mm-hmm. you know, Asian of change. There's a bunch of stuff going on. So. We'll talk a little bit about that a little later, but first, let's get into the backstory. So, you're a journalist, writer, you've written for Rolling Stone, Spin, uh, Austin Business Journal. Yes, yes. Where did that all start for you? Um, I went to college to, for journalism, determined to be a music, big-time music journalist one day, uh-huh. and have kind of gotten to that level. I came down to Austin nine years ago. Because, hey, if you're going to be a music writer, you got to be in the music city, right? Yeah. And so kind of bounced around the city um, at the Statesman, at uh, the Business Journal for a few years. Now mm-hmm. just kind of doing my own pirate thing. Uh, <laughs> pirate and, thing. Um, and uh, yeah, still do some stuff for so Rolling hard. Stone. I've wor- worked for them on and off for about four years. Uh-huh. And kind of like the thing that I always have been drawn to is when music, business, and politics all kind of get swirled in together because that's when things happen and right, that's right, when right. there are opportunities and there are also people maybe getting hurt and uh yeah. marginalized and so i want to kind of keep an eye on on what's going on with that and let people know hey you know go out to your shows but keep an eye on the bigger things too did you have a did you what was austin like when you got here that was 08 it was right around right at the time the uh, around the time that the recession was hitting so it wasn't growing the way it is now so it's like you had a lot of stuff like second street wasn't even a thing yet yeah, you know? yeah. like that some of the buildings but no one was living in them yet um so, but you, you still had like you had the beauty bar here across the street you had the mohawk going on mm-hmm. you had um emos was still open so you had a lot of great places it's like it is now in terms of a lot of great places right here along the big spine this is this is the most important music part of part of town i mean and if anybody argues with that they're wrong yeah. Like, that's just the case. And so I consider this kind of like the sacred ground of Austin. Mm-hmm. And and so one of the first things I wrote about for the Business Journal was, like, what's going to happen with all the development along Red River? Like, is Mohawk going to go away? Is Stubbs going to go away? Because if, if it does, then that's game over. And so I wanted to just shed a light on that. And, and I have and kind of gotten people talking about it. So you came from where? Uh, from Michigan. Oh, okay. Came, moved here from Flint, Michigan. Got got out before the water got bad. Mm. Good call. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and so uh, got away from snow and came down to Music City. Did someone show you around, or you uh, were just exploring I'd, on I'd your come, own? I'd come here for a couple of South Bys, okay. so I knew about it, and I had some friends here. 
and it was just kind of like, all right, this is it. Like it was, it was kind of obvious that this is going to be my city. I'll be buried here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, you, when you first got here, what did you start doing? What was your first gig and um, how first, did you go about it? My first gig, and I did this for three and a half years, was at the Statesman doing all of their events listings. So, uh-huh. like, I knew every every club in town, every band in town. I, my, my joke is that I wrote Bob Schneider's name more than anybody who's not related <laughs> to him. <laughs> I kept thinking, who the hell is this Bob Schneider guy? He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Well, one love, Bob. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I did that. So I knew, like, everything that was going on around town and – um, you know, got to also cover ACL Fest for them and cover Fun 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 Fest and write a lot about music and uh, was also freelancing quite a bit at that time too. But that was my gig for about three and a half years. And was it the Austin Business Journal after that? Then I did a, right after that. I did another. I did my first gig as a pirate, just kind of going around, <laughs> finding, going around finding money. Har. Uh, so there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, first gig. And then uh, then. Got the gig at the Business Journal for two and a half years and uh, then decided to put on the pirate's hat again. Yeah, I, I took a look at some of your work on the Austin Business Journal. It wasn't really music related, at least a oh, lot I of did, that I read. I did. It was a mix because I, yeah. mu- I did entertainment and creative, which was it was like uh, film, music, marketing, but then also higher education and healthcare. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, I Because like, I'd done a lot of re- journalism reporting and hard news work. So mm-hmm. like they're like you can do anything, and so we need these three things covered. Right. You know, it's like here you can have this job covering music, but you also got to do this, 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 <laughs> and this <laughs> on a couple conditions. Right. Yeah, you know, I mean, nothing's ever perfect, right? right. And so I did that for from uh, 2013 till the end of 2015. Okay. And uh, dug it a lot. I mean, that got my name out there a bunch. Got to be known as like the music business guy, and you know, kind of continued to do that ever since. How did you get on Rolling Stone and Spin and all those? Uh, I just, you know, I'd, I'd freelance for some smaller publications, you know, when I was younger. And then the people that I worked with there, like the editors and stuff, kind of they moved on. And when they would move on to these other places, I would kind of keep their phone number and, like, keep pitching them ideas and pitching them stuff. And so, like, the first thing I did for Rolling Stone was when um, Emo's Downtown closed. You know, oh, okay. Emo's is a mm-hmm. nationally yeah. famous club and so uh that was one of the first things i did the first thing i did for them and then i just kept pitching them stuff like 2012 was when i did the most work 2012 and 2013 uh was when i did the most work for them i still do occasional things for them but i'm 38 it's tough to keep up with what's going on these days (laughs) all these kids and millennials and facebook with the me with the migos and uh oh we'll get into that again it's a, it's a it's a recurring theme on this show. Humming a hip hop. When you when you cover for Rolling Stone though, you mainly just cover Austin, right? The Austin music scene, from what I saw. Yeah, it's it's like I kind of like covering my backyard. Yeah, you know. Right. And so like when Taylor Swift was here, because that yep. was her only show of twenty whole year. Yeah. Uh, or when Drake opened his tour here. So it's like when there's something big going on. You know that that is with a big star or something that's known. Do they reach out to you, or you say, "Hey, I'll cover this for I you"? Pi- uh, they have occasionally reached out to me, but it's m- mostly me saying, "Hey, this is going on. Mm-hmm. Do you want something?" And then you know they kind of make a decision on whether they'll get a, it'll get enough eyeballs for them to for it to be worth it for them. Hmm. Would you do everything from reviews to? Um, Interviews with artists to Mostly reporting kinda, reporting from the uh, not the capital from the from city hall. Are you talking for Rolling no, Stone? No, no, as f- yeah. As far as your range and writing. Oh yeah, I mean, I do it all. I go out and I cover stuff and you know just kind of report what's going on. But then I also get interviews like 
that piece that I did for the uh, monitor a couple weeks ago, you know, I got the, got, went up to city hall and mm-hmm. got the first interview with mayor Adler after he got back from Africa. Like he had literally, he had been on vacation in Africa and like literally like I was his first interview after he came back for a while. He should mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except he came back. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, so I went and I just get, uh, you know, get interviews with people and just kind of, keep an eye on what's going on around town and let the people I work for know like what I want to write about and they decide whether that makes sense for them. So mm-hmm. like I said, living like a pirate, just finding what I can find. <laughs> even if they, even if they don't approve it, are you already writing it anyways? And nah, it's just, no. no, just cause out of, uh, out of just time economy. Like I want to, yeah. you know, it's like, all right, I'm going to get paid this much for doing this. So yeah. I'm gonna. You have other things you can do to get. I'm paid gonna for. sell it before I get right. started on it. You know, before you invest the time. Yeah, but exactly. You, n- you never got into the whole block thing. No, no. No, it was like it's weird. Like I, I consider myself kind of a hired gun assassin. Like I, you know, I write <laughs> I pirate, pirate assassin. Pirate assassin. <laughs> what else? But, but ninja. But like, He's a ninja. <laughs> I mean? He's an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> He's a secret service. He's a he's a private eye. He does it all, folks. <laughs> um, but I guess like I don't know. Like I I enjoy writing. I'm good at it. But it's mm-hmm. not like something I just do randomly in my free time. Like I don't know. There's got to be a grade or a check attached to it. Yeah, right. of course, of course, of course. Tamika. Yes. Switch gears. Yes. Okay, uh, I'm just gonna say right off the bat, I'm like the complete opposite of him as far as dates and times and years and and sh- shit like that. Times like big mush for me, so uh-huh. I, I'm, I can't be like, oh, back in 20, like 13, I did this. It's all big ones, one big like stream. Big blur. The 2000s are stream. a big blur for a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just want like, to so, give a disclaimer. Born and raised in Austin. Yes, sir. Born and raised Seton Hospital. What? On the, 1978. On the, Austin, on the Austin playgrounds is where you spent most of your days. <laughs> <laughs> Chilling and relaxing. Yes. <laughs> so what? When did you have that moment? I always ask that to uh, to artists. Did you have a moment you were like, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. This, I'm going to be an artist, I'm going to sing, I'm doing R&B and soul. Um, was there a turning point? Yes. Not really. No, no there was a turning point. Whenever, whenever I had my <laughs> twins, I was uh, like originally going to be an entertainment attorney. I went to Baylor when I graduated high school. I was going to be an entertainment, like a entertainment uh-huh. attorney. But then I got pregnant like my senior year of of college twins and I had to leave. I have like maybe 10 hours left to get oh. like a BA in English, but that's, those are worthless anyway. So, <laughs> and then uh, I needed to make money. Um, we all do. We yeah. only yeah, you make that cheddar. You turn into a pirate and anything Yeah, like <laughs> yes, I turn into a music pirate. Arr, mighty. And um, I'm narcoleptic, so I, I couldn't have mm-hmm. a traditional eight to five job driving uh, every day. Yeah. So and I knew I could sing, so I, I slowly crawled up the, the music ladder, and I knew I had something special to offer Austin. Austin doesn't have a whole lot of soul. No. Austin yeah. doesn't have a whole lot of a lot of sauce. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of soul sauce, I guess. Right. Yeah, you're right. So I, I knew I I could probably do well if I just kept at it. You know, like that field of dreams quote: "If you build it, they will come." And I just <laughs> kept building it, and they kept coming. Hey, so they. That's the story. Did you, uh, were you trained or did, when you were a kid or how did that voice come around? Yeah. No, it's just trial and error, basically. Really? Yeah, and I've, I've had a lot of musicians over the years, a lot of great musicians that, that I, I learned from just, just hearing them and hearing, hearing how they approach the music and the, and, the, and the songs. And I just like 
slowly but surely refined what I do. You know, sometimes I used to oversing, mm-hmm. like like guitar players overplay, and I would see that and I, I would hate that. Mm-hmm. Like hearing people overplay, I was like, oh, I did the same thing with my voice. So I would tone that. I would I would I would refine that. It's just years of like slowly uh, picking away at it. It's a craft, and you have to refine yeah. it, right? Right. And your your parents were musicians or singers or no. uncle, aunts, anybody in the family that was no. I'm You're the paving first. You're the only one. <laughs> yes, Whoa. I'm the first and only in my wow. family. Yes. What was it, your first show like? Your first you feel that your first professional? Not not I performed once at a talent show in high school <laughs> or middle school, but like your first maybe your first paid show. Maybe that's a good way to phrase that. Well, I used to have a a band way way back in the day. Um, called Eight Million Stories. It was mm-hmm. a it was an original band. Uh, I don't really, really remember. It was that. in the mid two thousands. It's a blur. It's a blur. Did, we do our right. research and I don't Dang, it's a blur. Really, that's awesome. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, really? That was really that. That's what it was. Yeah, bro, that's crazy. My yeah. kids. Yeah. Nice job. How is that possible? That's two thousand five like is when it's. I believe it started, and then for a couple of years after that, right? You guys are so awesome. How <laughs> <laughs> do you know more about me than me, right? We don't have ass. We stalk you. When we, uh, there's not that many Tamika Jones on the internet. <laughs> Day, yeah, yeah, that that year. And, uh, <laughs> what, he, what he said. <laughs> what he said. When he said. Um, and I don't really remember the first gig because that was like a band thing. But sure. the first thing I had with myself as okay. Tamika Jones right. was the Elephant Room because I used oh. to do jazz. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, yeah. I started doing, you know, jazz. That's how I got my, my footing in, in Austin music scene. So, yeah, it was on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a four-hour gig. Got paid. Ooh. I don't know. I, I, you know, money. <laughs> <laughs> Not a very small amount of money. <laughs> but, yeah. Slowly but surely, I worked work my way up to a Friday night. Yeah. I mean, there, there's um, a lot of artists born and raised in Austin when you think Zeely, Gary Clark Jr., of course, uh, T-Double. Were you growing up with these guys? Or? Uh, yeah, T and I go way back, yeah. way back when I was a minor, going to those hip-hop shows. You know? <laughs> yeah, I used, I, used, I used to see him all the time. Gary, I, 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 I became acquainted with him later on in life. Like pre b- before his fame, mm-hmm. do you remember this place? What was this place on on Sixth Street? It was called Aces oh. Lo- Aces Lounge. Aces, yeah, yeah. The the, the burlesque joint. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yes, Aces. Yeah, I I used to perform there, and they hired me to perform for the burlesque show. And Gary, and and Eric Zapata is his rhythm guitarist. He used to come there all the time, and we we hung out, and we just have we just uh, gained a mutual respect for one another. And I would watch him and Antone. He would come to my shows, mm-hmm. so it just it just built from there. Zeely, yeah, I've known Zeely. I, I knew Zeely before Gary because Krishna, Gary's uh, assistant, he used to, he used to manage Zeely. So we go way, way back. Yeah. Nice, man. And, History. Uh, did you, <laughs> you get to work with him? You get to work with Gary, work with Zeely? Maybe work? I have not worked with Zeely. I've worked with Gary. Yeah. Um, I, I sang on his last album, which was so fun and, and an honor. It was just fun watching him work and, and hearing, hearing what what what, what he uh, created at Arlen just by himself with and, and those other producers. It was just just a great atmosphere and vibe. Mm-hmm. Like Gary's just so down to earth, like all yeah. the time, so warm and and sincere, very and genuine. approachable. Very yeah. yeah. I, I run into him and he was just, we'll just stand there and talk. I know. And he's just yeah, Gary Clark Jr. And he comes out and supports. Yeah, he does. Oh, he absolutely. Really does. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah. Does. Hope to have him on the Shout show out one Gary day. Clark. Yeah. <laughs> 
Gary I used, to Gary Bear. So I used to DJ here at the sidebar every Tuesday night, and mm-hmm. uh, like right after Gary got his Warner Brothers deal, but before he'd recorded every uh, everything, so I knew who he was. But uh-huh. I was here on a Tuesday night, and he come, he came in, and I recognized him. I kind of gave him the yeah. you know, what's up, and he sit and he just sits down next to me. He's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, ah, "I DJ here every week." He's like, "You got any Shuggy Otis?" I'm like. <laughs> I got I got Shuggy, yeah, and so we threw on some Shuggy and like and you know I just had a minute kind of talking about about music and stuff and and just on a Tuesday night the dude had just signed a deal, huh? Wow. You know, and wow. and he was just down here and and you know I love the sidebar but it ain't, it ain't glamorous and he was just here you know hanging out kicking it and I was. I always dug that that he was just like around, yes. you know, right. always pre pre marriage pre baby, but yeah. <laughs> A couple questions for you, Tamika. So you've performed at a lot of venues here in Austin, right? And uh, I'm not going to ask you to remember when they were or what they were. But <laughs> 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 that was my mind. Dates. Google. Um, but I know one of the places you had your residency was at Continental. Yeah, Gallo, yeah. Right? right? Totally. I think that's where I first started hearing about you was around that time of, of doing Yes. That. It was hard to get in that place. It really, was. Really hard. Well, yeah, it's, it's small, but, you know, it was, it was always a packed house. And performing at so many different venues, do you have – is there a venue you haven't yet performed at that you're looking – like you'd like to do? Is there certain things you like about venues? Mm. I won't want to ask you to call a venue out <laughs> any, any way. Uh, still got to do business with them. But, like, yeah, what do you yeah, – yeah. But is there some place you haven't performed? And then follow up to that is what do you like about different venues as a performer? What are you looking for? Is there a favorite aspect of it? There, there really isn't a place that I haven't performed. I mean, that, that I'd like to perform and that I haven't already. Cool. Um, no, I, I can't think of one unless there's a new one that's popped up. Right. Maybe, maybe 310, maybe. Okay. I've, I haven't really been there yet. But <clears throat> uh, the, the, the one place that I do love is the parish yeah. like I love their sound there yes. it's just so yes. wet and it's just it's just a great vibe in that room and then yeah. you but then you walk out on Sixth Street it's like apocalyptic and people are bombing <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird it's like you're in two different worlds yeah but I just I just love that place at that point I like the parish I feel like the music goes in you and through yes, you yes yes yeah. I love it yeah. was, was there a show that really put you on the map where people were like hey you gotta go check out Tamika you open for somebody, maybe, or? No. The Billboard no. show? No, that, that Austin Mika, she's not Billboard. Said. Austin Mika ACL? No. No? no. I, I, think, I mean, I, I think d- the Continental yeah. residency did a lot, though. Yeah. yeah it, every week, like. Yeah. There's, there's no real moment for me that was defining. It's just a, just many, many years of doing a res, red, residency over and over again and, and getting the word out. Mm-hmm. Like, Tamika Jones, Tamika Jones. Oh my God, I love Tamika Jones. She's my Thursday night. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not really one thing or another. It's just that that hard work over and over again. I wish it, there was like just some. Um, I wish I had uh, like didn't have to do so much work. You know, like like maybe a Leon, <laughs> not Leon Bridges, but you know he was like an overnight kind of thing, yeah. and he didn't have to work that hard and yeah. that kind of makes me a little jealous but you know what that's like. like good for that brother you know i'm yeah. not i'm not a hater <laughs> some of us had to, had to really work years and years and years to get our name out there so it's 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 just it's just hard in this industry you it know is. did you um did you always write because i know for for some time you were doing covers right my my original intention was to do originals uh-huh. but i i'm not a trained musician I mainly just sing off of feel and and, and whatever's going on in my mind and my body and and whatever I, you know, makes my nipples hard. You know, like mm. oh okay, well I like that sound. <laughs> 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 you know, 
So it was just, and I was stubborn because I, I didn't know that it took a village to, to, to make art, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. I thought I could do it all by myself, even though I'm not Prince, I'm not, you know, one of these, I'm not Gary Clark Jr. Right. He plays instruments. I, I did not. So for the longest time, I just tried to do it by myself, my little garage band, and mm -hmm. just years wasted. <laughs> just wasted. Like, if I could turn back time, here back, <laughs> I would, <laughs> I would. I like that you speak in song. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Like, if I could turn back time, I would totally do it a different way and make it more efficient. But, yeah, my, my original thing was to make original songs. But I, and and to keep to stay relevant on the scene, mm -hmm. I, I did I tr tricked out covers, you know, so songs that I thought people w would like. I, I, I think people like my taste in music and, and, and they like my interpretations of songs. So that's what I kind of wrote un until I wrote music that was sonically edible. I took a long time, long time by myself. I have a quick follow-up on those covers you did. So I've heard a lot of some of the covers that you've done just from live performances. And, you know, you have a distinct style on them that you, really? that you add to them, I would say. <laughs> like we turn her life. <laughs> I missed her sarcasm for a second. No, no, no. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> no, it's for real because I wish I knew what kind of style I, I, I have no idea. Well, then that's going to about to kill my next question is, what style do you put on him? <laughs> She'd be like, you tell me, Miko. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> oh, my God. That was good. Yeah. Got <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I guess I could, I guess I could talk about the process when I, when I hear cover okay. songs. There you go. Um, okay. I, all right. I, I don't like to do things that are typical or, uh, you know, what's the word? Like typical, um, God. Now the words aren't coming to me. Synonymous with typical? Just, just sing it, just sing it, just sing it. <laughs> Predictable. Like, the, ah. like, oh, Tamika, can you sing some Aretha? Oh, Tamika, can you sing some Erica Badu? Can you sing Joe? No, I can't because they, they've already done that. Like, that, mm -hmm. that's their thing. You know, I, I, what I do is, like, I take mainly Caucasian songs mm -hmm. and I make them soulful. Oh. Like, like the Nirvana. Caucasian, like Journey and stuff? <laughs> Never. <laughs> oh, thank you. White people anthem Journey. <laughs> Duh. No, never. Like, like what? Give me some like, Stop believing in Journey. Yes, I yeah. stopped believing. <laughs> stopped. <laughs> the Journey. Uh, it's like Nirvana, <laughs> Elton John. <laughs> okay. Oh, Tears for Fears. I heard the um, Nirvana one. Like, just songs people will, will scratch their head and like, oh, I've never heard of that like that before. Yeah. Right. You know, because I just want to be, I don't want to be, I want to be, I don't want to be predictable. You know, that's one of my main things. I want to be, I want to be. I don't make people scratch their heads, like I said. Like, oh. So, yeah. That's, that's kind of my, my process. And make it sexy. It has to be sexy. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to feel it. If I can't feel it in my body, if I can't just groove to it, then I can't sing it. Because you have to, the audience has to feel what you're doing. Yeah. You know? I can't, I, think, I can't fake that. I think that's like the, when you've done a really great cover, it's what the listener there's like that little button in their mind, like I know this song, <laughs> right. but this is not the song. This is not the way I know that song, and and it'll take you maybe to the second verse sometimes, or or at least the chorus. Yeah. Like, oh, wh what? You, like, you don't yeah. scream remix before you get started. Remix. Get into Nirvana. <laughs> right, because I mean, I mean, I, th I think if I did the songs the way they are. 
I'd be like a cover band, which there's nothing wrong with cover bands. Sure. Right. I'm more like an interpretation of dance, like interpretive dance. It's all like, yeah. you know, it's interpretive dance. <laughs> yeah. And so when you do it, when you're feeling it, do you see it in the crowd as well? Are you, are you out there melting faces? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I definitely can, can feel the vibe. In, in the in the crowd, and it, it, def it definitely was easier at the gallery when it was like a tight space yeah. and people were intoxicated on drugs, whatever <laughs> they were doing up there. And it's so warm there; it's just right. a great vibe. And you just, you just, just, just there's just this. I mean, you said it make your nipples hard. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's nipple hardening. Mm -hmm. I want to make people's nipples hard, and I want to make them feel Life what I'm goals. feeling. Yeah. <laughs> I need to appreciate that. <laughs> put a put a put a post-it on your uh, on your mirror in the morning. Is there, any is there any significance? I mean, I saw I, I threw out melting faces there, like in joke, but I saw that was a term used consistently. Where did that come from, and what do you mean by that? As you, as you say it, I don't know. No, oh, okay. I mean, th that's just a term that, like the musicians yeah. that, that I that I. I stomp around with these a lot of time. Oh, you did you melt some faces tonight, bro? We're gonna fucking melt some faces, bro. Yeah, yeah, girl, you melted my face tonight. You know, just like that. And it just reminds me of that Indiana Jones scene when they when he opens the ark and that guy's the Nazi's face melts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's what I want to see people doing at my <laughs> <Okay>. show. Okay, <laughs> that says it all. Well, <laughs> want your face to melt. Given, yes. us, given our current political climate, melting <laughs> yeah. Nazi faces. Yes, I am the ultimate weapon. My voice, my show. The resistance starts here. Melt the Cheeto. <laughs> all right, I, I want to go uh, move on and get into the uh, Austin music scene. You said you work really, really hard. You know, for years trying to get to where you are. Mm -hmm. It didn't waste those years. I mean, look at you now. Um, but it's really hard for <laughs> artists, venues to really make it in a city like Austin. You would think that, you know, with the Live Music Capital of the World, we should have an infrastructure. We should have the support. We should have the city, you know, behind us. And glad that the mayor woke up last year and put forth this omnibus resolution. So what was your reaction when you, when you heard about that uh, um the resolution. List the idea of it when you brought it up. You asking me or her? Both of y'all. Um, so I think it's a great couple first steps. I mean, government can only do so much, but right. it is. But hopefully, that sets like a pace or it creates an example mm -hmm. for other people to follow. We got so many business people and entrepreneurs here in town that could get behind things in real meaningful ways, and for whatever reason, they've stayed on the sidelines. And so, I'm hoping that you know the stuff that the mayor's doing will kind of open the door a little bit and get conversations started. I think that already ha the conversations are going, but I think now people can hopefully start to come come forward with their own ideas and form their own groups and you know try to reinvent the wheel a little bit to do things differently or at least you know create some patronage systems to support artists. I mm -hmm. mean, you know no one's making money off album sales anymore, so you got to get the money however you can. Right. So we need to figure out as many ways as possible to get money in the pockets of our girl here and artists all over the city. So all to go back, I, I respect the mayor, and I applaud him for what he's doing, and I hope that it has some real positive results. It's beyond time. It's, it's, it ain't, it, I won't say too little too late because I don't mm -hmm. want to rain, you know, rain on the parade, but... It should have happened five years ago, yeah. but I'm, I am glad that it is happening. We'll see what happens. Yeah. What about you, Tamika? What was your reaction? I'm going to tell you. I, li I live in New Braunfels, so I don't oh. really follow um, a lot of the stuff going on here. Um, 
I'll, I'll tell you this: most of my income it doesn't it doesn't come from club dates or anything. Most of my income comes from private shows, like oh, corporate and weddings, and stuff yeah. Like, that. like I made most like ninety percent of my income came from pri- from private shows, like doing mm-hmm. dates from the the conferences that come into town. They they like oh well, who's who represents Austin the best and who's soulful blah, blah blah. Speaker Jones, Speaker Jones, and that came from like years and years of building my name up doing club dates and mm-hmm. getting paid very very little mm-hmm. but that that afforded me the 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 uh, kind of a, a little <laughs> it afforded me to not be able to worry about those club dates and, and if i did have to worry about them i would not be able to do music as a single mm-hmm. mother like i there's no way I, i'd be a musician if i if i had to worry about that right like right now it's just it's just it's just hard, and I I live with my with my mother, so she helps me take care of my twins, mm-hmm. and and she's she's uh, supported me over, over the years. You know, climbing my little music ladder, and she's seen my progress, getting into different brackets of income. Mm-hmm. But I definitely would not survive if, if I survived, but would not be able to survive if I just totally dedicated to, to club dates here. There's no way. You Do you now go after like? Private events is that something that you push for, or do they come to you still? They they come to me, and it's and it's it's not something that I want to make a living off. Of. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm making a living uh, uh, making a living off of it now, but my goal is not to be you know a, a corporate entertainer. <laughs> you know, it's right. just it's just punching in a clock really right. and, until maybe something better happens. It's getting mm-hmm. by right now. Yeah, yeah. Int- until I get my music situated so I can travel outside of Austin. Yeah. And what mm-hmm. my kids are going to be 18 <laughs> in like two years because I mainly stayed at, around Austin um, because I'm a single mother and I don't want to leave my kids and go right. on tour and right, all that right, stuff. Right, but right, now that right. they're, you know, driving and stuff, I can leave and make money outside and get, build my brand bigger outside of Austin. I think that's what artists need to really do right. is, is not put the, all their eggs in the basket here. Cause you, uh, you received uh, one of the Black Fret uh, yes. w- uh, Grand Awards last year. Yes, um, it was so awesome. Yes, I mean, money. And I remember, I remember this because you had performed. I was covering that night, and they, and you were off stage, and they announced your name, and you could hear her scream <laughs> when they announced her name from off stage. Like, <laughs> she's screaming song. It was. Ripples got hard. Fifteen thousand dollars. But. I mean, but yeah. that, but but here's the thing, like that when you do it, when you you're in the Black Fret program, it's not like they just throw 15 grand in your bank account. No. You've got to do, you got to check this box, check that box. But talk a little bit about kind of what that looks like, and and you yeah. know, just the positives, the negatives of, of of that kind of a program. They are amazing. A like giving musicians money to help their careers. It, it's just, it's just it's just amazing. And I got twelve thousand dollars last year. My uh, fault. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that they raised it to fifteen thousand this year. That's that's good. I'm, I'm happy for them. No, no. It was it was just amazing to get that money because I was I was making my album at the time, and wondering how I was going to finance the recording and and uh, still afford to pay for my children to eat and and, and bills and, and my medicine and whatnot. It, it it was just a blessing. But you do have to go th- go through hoops to get the money. You have to. Like say uh, you play out of town, they, they give you an amount up for that. Mm-hmm. Say you you have a demo, you um, they give you an amount of money for that. It's just little 
things here and there that, that you have to do. It's it's a little it's a little um <laughs> shit, I wanna it's a little annoying for me. But but it's it's just things you have to do. They're not gonna give you a giant check for, for like all that money without checks and balances, you know. So they 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 help you allocate the money or it's just they give you the check and then it's on it's well, all they, on give, you. they give it to you in in pieces, yeah. Ah, like, okay. give, like, you, like, like she said, you got on a tour for X many dates. Okay, here's a thousand or right. something. It's like it's to support your e- efforts rather than just like I said, giving you fifteen grand to, to act book wild, book wild with. <laughs> <laughs> here's money. <laughs> yeah, and they they do have We're mentors as well. They they have mentors set up to help you hmm. um, guide your career if you have any questions about about. Producing or tour support, they have, they have little mentors to help you along mm-hmm. the way. So, okay. w- were you following the omnibus conversation I last year not. at all? So, um, can you can you like tell me about that? Is that is that? Uh-huh. that well, I mean, I'll can I? <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll just come in. So, I mean, what it is is right now it, it was there was about a year worth of conversations, surveys of like what's wrong with music, like right, why are musicians music having right. a hard time and all that. And uh, the first kind of result of that is for steps that uh, the city council is going to be voting on next uh next month um there's going to be seventy five thousand dollars to create a platform that helps educate musicians about how to bring in more revenue like through licensing through touring through lots of different ways there's going to be uh gosh um something that uh, uh 200 grand devoted to saving uh, music venues that are in crisis uh, for for uh, like when the Elephant Room had its you know had oh, the, yeah, the, yeah. You know, yeah. things yeah. like that. Uh, there's going to be a, a a nightlife initiative to kind of just keep the business of, of nightlife and entertainment moving more. And of course, I just forgot the fourth one. But anyway, I mean, you know, they're they're even kind of people who I think are naysayers and negative Nancys have been like, all right, those all seem like good starting points, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, not, there's no silver bullet there, but you got to kind of start doing the basic kind of blocking and tackling of, of figuring out how, how musicians can run their, cur- their their art like a career. I mean, it sounds like you're, you've just kind of in the rec- in the last couple of years really gotten behind figuring out how to like b- run your your run your stuff like a career. Am I am I right? Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely not putting all your eggs in one basket. I've I've, I've sought out licensing. Um, companies to put my songs in movies and, and, and TV shows. Nice. I, I've sought out merchandise, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's just you have to diversify your funds. You know, diversify your, your, your streams of revenue, really. You can't just depend upon shows here, like, like, like they did back in yeah. the day. You know, people talk about, oh, back in the day, back in the 90s, we used to have just be able to play, like, five shows a week and, and pay your rent. Well, this is not the 90s. This is 2017. <laughs> you know, I, and I understand... And I'm, and this like city, I'm sure makes a crap ton of money off, off of musicians, you know, yes. with, with, with the festivals and the like, There's a yeah. number on it. Like yeah. how, <laughs> like you said, like two hundred thousand dollars and then seventy five, seventy five thousand dollars. Uh, well, so the it's seven, like the how seven, much money it's do you make? So chunk change compared to all that, yeah, right? It's like how much? That's kind of weird. Well, you know, you've got to gotta start somewhere. Yeah, anytime a city gets involved, then it's like, well, my taxes are paying for what? Yep. So, <laughs> um, I, I've I've gotten some advanced looks at this revenue generation program it seems like it's got some good like it's it was uh created by a couple of authors who've written a very well-regarded book about indie artists and how to how to run your kind of uh survive as a indie musician and kind of like i said do the basics do the basics of marketing do the basics of 
licensing, of touring the right way, of merchandising the right way, and just finding as many of those little trickles of money coming into your pocket as possible, which I've always said is kind of the, the not, again, the silver bullet, but that's going to help a lot. If you can, I mean, if we could get a thousand more dollars a month coming to Tamika, that's going to make a difference. It mm-hmm. ain't, that ain't nothing. It's not, it's not going to solve everything, but that's going to make it, that'll make a difference. Yeah. What did you learn about diversifying your different revenue streams, right? That's a big step for an artist to learn. So other artists that are listening maybe right now, like, where does that information come from? How do you, how'd you go about learning that? Where does what come from? Sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I got to be louder, right? <laughs> we got to <laughs> get louder. <laughs> it's, it's, I've it's been chastised before for yelling into the mic. So how did you learn about diversifying your revenue streams, right? That's not something you just, most people see the dream and I'm just going to perform at the club and I'm going to make all this money. It's going to be great. <laughs> But you have to hit that hey. stepping stone at some point. Babe, right. you can move closer if you want. Where did you learn that? I, I had a, a, a manager a, a couple of years ago. We parted ways recently, but she was all about merch. And and and, and, and that's when I really saw, saw it. When I, I had a show and I sold like $300 with, with, the, with the T-shirts. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. It was amazing. And and I just and, – and then I got uh, my – my song was pitched to a. Uh, shit, I'm sorry. I can't think. A TV show be, be vague then. Yes, a TV show. A what? TV show. I don't know which one. Yes, yes. <laughs> show got, but a TV song, show, right? Yeah. Yes, my song got pitched to a TV show, and I and I received money money from that, just mailbox money. Awesome. You know, it was it was awesome. It was like five hundred dollars, like, yeah. like like a month. It was just. That's when I knew I, I couldn't just depend upon shows, and it's just work smarter, not harder. Like, uh-huh. why do I have to slave away, you know, going back and forth to Austin, going, doing all these shows when I could just, just work from home and, and, and sin- submit songs to TV shows and get that mailbox money. Right. It's like, I'm, I'm not a fan of, I, I worked really, really hard for, for a long stretch of time doing those, those Continental Gallery shows. You know, it was, it was, it was torture. <laughs> low, low key, because I would have to wake up the next day and take my kids to school. I'm, I'm no, not epileptic. Yeah. It was just, it was just a grind. So, mm-hmm. I'm older now, and I just, I, I just see now. I, I diversify my, my revenue streams because I can't, I, I can't, I can't do that life. Right. You know anymore. Does uh, at this point does the city have a priority as far as what to address first? The, the venue is it the artists? I was, it I was just gonna say venues are an other, a thing we haven't really talked about yet much, but. Um, you have rents going up astronomically yes. mm-hmm. all over the city. Uh, I you know, you know we're just a b- on the same block right now as uh, Beerland, which is kind of a very important punk rock and independent incubator, uh, mm-hmm. kind of edgy stuff. And their owner Randall, you know, Randall uh, Stockton has told me in some interviews, like, you know, I basically run this place as a nonprofit. Like, Whoa. you know, <laughs> and he's got other other ve- other clubs and other places around town, that, you know, that earn him his money. But he loves what goes on there. Right. And he loves the fact that he's providing a space for bands to develop and grow. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a question of when he gets his next rent increase, whether he's going to be able to afford to keep that place open. I think right. he's going to, but he's been on the fence about it. And, and, I mean, if you lose a place like that, if you lose a place like... I mean, the Mohawk just signed a five-year lease, so they're good for right. a while now. Um, Cheer Up Charlie's, those girls, they kind of make noise about maybe getting out of it when their lease comes up. I mean, and the, that they do five bands a night, seven nights a week. They do great work over there. Yeah, and so I think you've got to uh, – another thing that the city's looking at is extending the outdoor music curfew 
for yes. this stretch. It's on the docket. Uh, you know, which would give give them about another four or five hours a week of prime time revenue generation because people only are drinking after ten o'clock or eight twelve. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, people are only really drinking in any significant way after ten o'clock, and if you're closing down. You know the clock. Yeah, you know, at midnight or eleven, that's not much money. So if they can bring in five more hours of high traffic sales, some you know, the fella Cody Cowan at the Mohawk has told me that those five hours just right there could pay for the Mohawk's rent. Wow, right there. Right there. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, wow. yeah, five hours times four, so twenty hours a month. You know, would 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 do the would do the business, and then that's more money to steer back towards artists to hold more shows that maybe are a little more adventurous and and uh, and service new musicians a little bit better. So the the city's trying to look out for venues as well, but it's a you know, it's a constant fight. The city is getting nothing but more expensive. Right. And you can't really fight that unfortunately. All, the only thing you can do is try to make the businesses that are here perform better and get more money in their pockets. But I mean Capitalism, you know, capitalism is capitalism. Yeah, like, it, it, the, it is. The, the answer to that question is getting more money into the pockets of the things that you support, so that they can tough it out. Uh, well, to, to speak on that proposal specifically, they said on a day-to-day basis. So Thursday uh, hours will extend to midnight, uh, and Friday, Saturday to like one or one thirty. That something sounds like that. right. I think one thirty on Saturdays. Yeah, one or twelve thirty on Fridays, and around. 11 or 11.30 on Thursdays. You know, three of the most busy nights of the week. Because um, right now I think everything cuts off on weeknights at 10. Yeah. On yeah. weekends at midnight. Outside. You know, inside you can still keep going. Right, right, right. But outside at the Mohawk, you've got 800 people. If you're kicking them out on the street at midnight, then they're coming here to the sidebar, which is great. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, they're, uh, they're, they, they'd probably rather be seeing a couple more bands there uh, and enjoying their time at the Mohawk. So um, I think it's it's happening. That's another part of the of the city's uh, proposal. Is is that, that that was the fourth one? Thank you. I couldn't think of it. But it's it's called the um, noise curfew pilot program. They're going to try it for about a year, see how it goes. Noise curfew? No, it's well, it's technically a noise curfew. Like oh, okay, yeah, I don't yeah. Know. And so um, they're going to it's a noise curfew pilot program of extending those hours. And they're going to see, like, if there are if there are too many complaints, they might, you know, after a year, they might not keep it going. But hopefully everyone will kind of, you know, keep their stuff in check and, and realize that uh, we're a music city and everybody's got to act cool and support these venues. I mean, that's that's my hope. How many venues are, are out, outdoors? Like the Mohawk? Here, uh, here on Red River? Yeah. Uh, Stubbs, Mohawk, right. Cheer Ups. Then you also, they, they also include 7th Street, so Barracuda and Empire. So yeah. five Isn't of the... Sidewonder, the, the back, oh yeah, back side Sidewonder, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sidewonder, so yeah, so that's six. Yeah. So, and you know, six very important clubs that yeah. are... Do you know if it's uh, citywide or is it just Red River it's as a pilot? It's just for Red River, because here's the thing, like, um, in terms of uh, entertainment districts, 6th Street already has extended curfew. The warehouse already has extended mm-hmm. curfew just because mm-hmm. it was done historically a long time ago. But Red River, you know, kind of came up, you know, as a surprise to everybody in the 90s. <laughs> and it's only, na- you know, it's only now been like, oh, we should take care of them. Yeah. Uh, so 
it's not going to be citywide. Uh, so in your in your neighborhood, there's not going to be some club that can just blast away till one in the morning. It's, it's just along Red River for now. So one other um, uh, proposal that came out is the one that Jennifer Ulan championed, the agent of change. And when we went to the music commission meeting, they were trying to break it down, trying to understand exactly what that meant. So if I'm a venue and I'm moving into a neighborhood, I have to adapt to that neighborhood. I have to meet with you know, the HOA and you know, talk to them and say, okay, look, we're moving here. So because I'm the one that's bringing the change to the area, I have to adapt. And same thing, vice versa. And, and, and so I'm still kind of confused about what exactly that means in terms of sound. Because I remember they talked about proximity. So yes. if you move into a neighborhood, let's say you move next to a neighborhood, you know, is it by distance or is it how far your sound carries? Well, so we all, I mean, you've, you, we've all here, I think, heard about the situation going on with on 6th Street. Yes, and Nook and, and, uh, and, and West End. That's, that's kind of put this whole issue, like, put a real picture on it. You sure. Know? Um, and so you had the West End move in about a year or two after Nook opened and oh wait you're too loud and you're destroying my guess yeah well you you moved into an entertainment district you know too bad on you yeah um, that's a sticky question because in the midst of all this the city is redoing its entire land development code mm-hmm. that's going to be revealed at the end of this month as far as kind of where they want growth to happen and where and also, in, in uh, what parts of the city would make sense for entertainment clusters? Possibly South Congress, Penfield, kind of over that, you know, that that stretch hmm. of places. A lot of cons- a lot of the building types over there are would make sense for entertainment districts. Um, and there are a couple other places that preliminarily look like okay, we could see some stuff happening in these parts of the city where it would make sense and wouldn't disrupt everything. You know, they want to cluster people together and, and increase density and and make it so that prices aren't jumping through the roof all the time. Mm-hmm. But to do that, you also have to figure out where everything goes. So, I mean, there's a lot of things still up in the air. Uh, I can't tell you exactly what's going to happen where. It's it's always it's always kind of a in-process kind of thing. So, I mean, I guess I would just, you know, say that we always have to keep on top of these things. You know, check... You know, put uh, set your Twitter feed to follow certain news sources that cover the stuff. AustinMonitor.com um, and uh, and and uh, and the the chat on Twitter. Um, but uh, <laughs> but you know, just keep on top of these things and ask questions and talk to your club owners. See what's on their minds, uh, so that they, so that you know, so that you know what kind of what's at stake and what's going on. Yep. Reach out to your local Austin City Councilman. Yes, uh, because they have an influence and they vote on all this. Uh, is, there, want to do that. Is, is there one that you really, um, I guess my question is, what is missing still? Because they have, you know, those four proposals yeah. uh, that are going to go to city council. Yes. Um, is there another part that you would like to see that hasn't been addressed yet? I mean, from an artist standpoint, Tamika, <laughs> if there's something, put money in your pocket. <laughs> Write well, a bill. <laughs> I mean, not not governmentally speaking. Like, uh-huh. I think we have to kind of see how this goes a little bit, and 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 then you know, six months from now, kind of see how things are looking. But my my whole thing is, I kind of want to challenge you know the business community. Like a lot of the tech incubators here in town, 
will not get behind or take a risk on music-focused tech companies just because they're historically viewed as um, poor performing. You know, uh, the, the profitability of those things is generally viewed as, as a bad bet. And I don't think that's the case. I think that there are great minds in this town trying to do good things. And I think shout out to Dave Blue. Yes. Shout out to Spot Collar. Shout out to Spot Collar and Dave Blue in attendance off camera, lurking. Um, <laughs> but, um, there he is. <laughs> there he is. But uh, I, you know, I think the time is now for for the business community to find a way to you know the, the business community loves Austin music because it brings so many talented people. All the yes. tech companies. The reason they have so many employees here that they love is because those people come here because of music and creativity. But they need to kind of start putting their money where their where their profits are, and and supporting music in real substantial ways, getting behind innovators and inventors, and finding ways to create the next great music technology. I'm not saying we're going to create the next Spotify here or whatever, but I mean I. <laughs> I, okay. Let's da hey hush hush Dave, um, but uh, I mean we could, you know. Although Spotify still loses money, so uh, maybe that's a bad example. But I mean, I I mean I think that there are lots of promising things happening that deserve money, that deserve chances, and so I want the business community to start stepping up for a change. Yeah, but do you? Do you have a question? Uh, okay. I'm, did you did, do you think that? There's been a lack of outreach to that business community from the from the uh, city's part. Uh, let me put it in context. Uh, when we went through the town hall meetings, I yeah. went to every single one of them, and one idea that kept coming back was, look, like you said, we have Facebook here, we have Google, we have Dell, and they chose to be part of Austin. And being part of Austin includes being part of the music scene they, because it's hip, it's cool. So right. why? Why hasn't the government tapped into that resource and said, hey, we need to partner up with Facebook or Microsoft or I to actually put this thing forward, actually move the needle forward? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a that's one of those things that would, would seem to make a lot of sense, but then it, it becomes sticky in terms of how you execute it, how you structure it. Sure. I think that's the, just, that's the biggest part is just figuring out what that looks like from a business structure standpoint, who you give money to, how you decide money gets... And if, is the city going to play, you know, because then the city, it's going to look like the city's playing favorites. Oh, they're looking out for music, but they're not looking out for, I don't know, consumer right. consumer tech or yeah. or from, the, from a business standpoint. So uh, I'd love to see that happen. I think it's overdue. I don't know what that looks like, um, mm -hmm. but I'd love to see it happen. One other thing that um, I brought on, we, we did a three-part series about saving Austin music. Uh, last summer, we uh, we did one at the um, at City Hall with Gavin Garcia, Jennifer, and, and Don Pitts. And one thing I, I brought on is, the, so the Omnibus Resolution comes out with the recommendations, ten recommendations in, in yeah. the whole document. A lot of it was, hey, we're gonna add a new agency or hire some new people to take care of exporting Austin music, for example, and. And you look at that and you go, well, so all you're doing is adding more people, adding more complexity to an already complex entity. So what I suggested was, and again, I don't know how that would work, but sure. just an idea. The same way that the ACVB is its own entity that gets revenue from the hotel occupancy tax. Yep. 
and they have their own offices, their own marketing team, their own sales team. They take care of conventions when they come to town. They do all of that. Mm-hmm. So taking something like that and making one for music as its own department. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just thinking out loud. Currently, the music is part of economic development. It's, sure. It's it's it's, struck, it's 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 the umbrella is economic development. And the music office. It's called music and entertainment. Yeah. Uh, uh, office is under that. That's where Don Pitts is. That's like they have four people that right. handle everything. Right, and they're but they're adding some more. And here's and they, but I think the thing that's going to be more important is for since it was created, Don's office has been kind of tasked with being the noise police. Yeah, exactly. And they're getting away from that, which is going to be a huge thing because Don is shifting his role to music industry um, enhancement mm-hmm. to again kind of addressing the business of music in Austin. They just hired someone who was also tasked with kind of being the main person uh, interacting with venues and kind of keeping venues Is that the task force? Uh, no, it's, it's a, it's, there's another, there's a woman in that office, unreli- you're talking about Rebecca Reynolds, I think, um, the MBA. Um, but, um, no, the lawyer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, no, but this is, a, this is a different woman, her name is Kim, I can't remember her last name, but she uh, used to work for Co-op Radio, Okay. and she is, like, I forget her exact name, but it's business-oriented, again, kind of focused directly on the live music, like, venues, and, and their, their uh, good fortune, and just keeping things moving in the right direction for them. So, again, baby steps, it should have happened a long time ago, but... It's it is slowly moving in that Let's direction. Let's be cynical assholes about it. Yeah. Ah, it's all shit. <laughs> Completely switching topics here. Make want to fuck a little bit on you. Back back on you. Yeah, back in the spotlight. We're gonna tell you about your life again. Yeah. So, <laughs> tell us about your 2007. I feel, I feel absolutely worthless because so, he's like all all informed. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I live in the Bronx. Um. So two things. Your last two shows. Yes. So first one, Stubbs. Uh, you had a stub show recently. Uh, former friend of the show, DJ K. Cali as well. Was there with Shout out to K. Cali. Yeah, yeah, we love her. Uh, she's got an event next Friday. Groove Theory. Uh, yeah. Coming oh, back. yeah, is that the Belmont? Or yeah, at the Belmont. Yeah, yeah. So shout out to her. Um, we talk about the show. You know, performing at Stubbs is always a big thing. It's, uh, it's, it's one of Austin's premier venues to perform at. It is. How was that? Just, did you enjoy that? I don't think that's your first time there either. It's not. It's maybe my fourth. Yeah. Third or fourth time there. Yeah. It was it was a little stressful because I was debuting a, a whole new show with with, with lights and sound. Uh-huh. Um, production. Yeah, production. Like usually, I, I just take what's there and and deal with it. But I just wanted to show you know like an, like something that's beyond what I what I normally do. Did so, they bring you in on a car like a, like a litter? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Rose <laughs> petals like oh like a. Yeah, it was it was it was great. It always stressful to me to have those shows because I don't know if people are going to come out. You know, if if I'm, if I'm going to sell it out, you know, how much money I'm making at the door. How it receptive was, they'll be to the yeah, to the new stuff. Yeah. yeah, so it was it was highly highly stressful, but it, it t- turned out to be great. Good. Yeah, it was a great 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 night for me. And then you turned around the next day. How long did you know? I mean, did they book you ahead of time for the woman? So talking about the Austin Women March that happened. Women March in yes. Austin. It was it was huge. It was huge. It was huge. It was the most people ever. There were more people at my inauguration than at Moon March. Biggest Austin event ever. (laughs) There was a ton of people. I've seen. I've seen photos of people in offices that that took it down. I mean, it was. 
it was blocks and blocks and blocks of people. And it was I have people. friends that heard you perform but couldn't even see you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the largest crowd I've ever performed yeah. for, obviously. And I, I had so much. I was petrified with fear. <laughs> you know, I was just petrified. And it was just, just such an honor to be included in that kind of event. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm surrounded by men, you know, all the time. My, my, my band, are, they're co- composed of men. You know, it's just like men, men, men. So being around that many women... It was just overwhelming yeah. to have that wave. And, and but in a I, positive, powerful way, Yeah, right? definitely powerful, very nourishing, you know. Yeah. And I don't know, just be around powerful women like, like Wendy Colonna and Gina mm-hmm. and, and Wendy Davis, all those, yeah. all those women. It, it just, it was a beautiful, beautiful day yesterday. Have you ever thought about uh, kind of actively pursuing like an all-female band or <laughs> more female musicians i mean I, I i would like that but i just don't know of any female musicians uh, around town maybe i need to get out more because I, like i said i live in new Braunfels and i come into town when i when i have gigs sure. i don't get out as mm-hmm. much as i used to um do you know any female musicians we can talk <laughs> yeah well you know i'm gonna well you know uh, jackie oh yes I I, 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 yeah. I actually hired her once for, for a show and she was phenomenal she's I, great it's like it's kind of like that out of, out of sight, out of mind thing, and yeah. I just don't think of her. But yeah, she is ridiculous. Yeah, she, s- front of the show. I yeah, talk, front of yeah. Show. I was talking to our to our mutual friend and former guest Kevin Curtin the other yeah. day, and we were trying to figure out what the next Black Threat class is going to be. They were basically saying Jackie Benson, Saul Paul, uh, Moving Panoramas, like Hard Proof. Like we we were just kind of going down the list, and like Jackie Benson, they should just give her 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 grant right now. <laughs> <laughs> That yeah. woman is. She's a machine. She's, exactly. she's, she's very sharp and business minded. I'm yes. like unicorns and, and rainbows <laughs> and fairies. She's like so sharp and like, bam, got a publicist here, promoting this cake here. But I'm like, hey guys, come out to my show. And I'm like, hey, like, we're just two different people, but I, I totally respect what she does and I wish I had the brain to do that. I like that she doesn't take herself too seriously either. She was hilarious on the Last show, by one. the way. Y'all go check that out. She was funny. She got to perform at the end. Yes. It was really, really good. She, she's a great. She's great stories. She's a great storyteller. You brought up a good topic about an all-women band and just women in the music industry. And recently, uh, the Austin Chronicle, Libby Webster, put out an article about sexism and the challenges women have in the Austin music scene. Right. Um, she talked about, you know, it's, I think in a census that was done uh, for Austin music, 80% of artists are male and 20% are women. And just what are the challenges? Have you encountered any challenges you, you feel from being just a woman and trying to make your name here? Are there obstacles you feel that you may have that others haven't? Have you encountered anything like that? Um, yeah, it's 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 pretty lonely, um, especially in, in the soul in the soul market in, right. in Austin. Um, challenges, challenges that I faced. I, I don't really know if if, if there are challenges. I I just yeah, I just. Do your thing. <laughs> yeah, I just I just go straight ahead and, and, and like what's the word I'm looking for? Not trudge. That's not the word. Um, uh-huh. did, did you did you have to adapt or change because of how um, you were perceived as an artist, as a female artist, or even as a black artist uh, in Austin? No, I never changed. Good. Good. I I mean I, Good. I think Put that's that on one t-shirt. thing. <laughs> yes. I never change. I never. I think that's one thing that people like about me is. I just have a, a, a taste and style, and I just don't do things that are predictable and that are expected. Uh-huh. I, I, and that's that's been me from day one. Like with, with with the jazz, I chose weird songs. With 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 the covers, I chose weird songs. I just 
I'm just myself, and I never change for anyone. Uh, sounds like you're predictably unpredictable. <laughs> 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 I'll I, I give you an example. Uh, Magna Carta, also a friend of the show. Yay! You know, when, uh, when Dougie Doo and Meg started, it was hard for them to get gigs because they, they didn't have a band. So that's mm-hmm. when the others came along. So now they were getting gigs because they were a band. They were doing hip-hop. And nobody wanted to see, not nobody, but they were. it was hard for them to get gigs because they were just MCs. Right. And they're like, oh, let's add a guitar, let's add a drummer, let's add a bass guy, let's add, let's add this. And now we're a band, and now we can go out and perform. Right on. So things like that, which you have to adapt because of the market you're in, because, you know, Austin at the end of the day is, you know, a city known for a dude with a guitar and a plaid shirt on. True. You see what I mean? Yes. So really, were you yeah. talking about uh, Ross? Riders Against the Ross Storm? had to do that too. Yeah. Magna Carta did it too. Okay, yeah. I mean, Ross? Riders Against the Storm. Oh, right, oh, right, right. Ross! Right, I was like, Ross! Ross! Yes. Acronym world. Right. It's probably better that we explained it as well. For yeah, but, I mean, they kind of did that same thing too. It's like they started out as two MCs and a DJ, or two MCs yeah. and a dat tape. Yeah. Uh, and now they're, you know, they, they most often have the band, and mm-hmm. I think it's made a world of difference for their, for their careers. I, so. I, to be honest, as a consumer and a lover of music, I, I prefer to see artists with a band. Yeah. If it's a hip hop band and all you have is a DJ behind you, it's, it's got to be a dope DJ. I mean, right. if, to really it, set it off. I mean, even Zeely. Zeely didn't have a band before. Zeely has a band now? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Wow. Yeah. Into the mic. I think I think I think my I think my keyboard player I think my keyboard player plays with Roz and and Zeely. Yeah, Zeely has a band now. I saw him uh, Solstice Live. He had a band, um, and I think and I think it, it works well in, in hip hop because you can play off the band. You know, uh, it tells a story about I think it was the the drummer, the guitar player, like the sound broke down, and it was just him on the mic with the drummer and he kept going back and forth with him so you get to play off the band which is great right but uh, I don't know if it was a voluntary choice or because you had to you know adjust to probably uh, adjust adjust to Austin but see I think that's part of what we're talking about when you say like treat it like a business because you have to respond to the market like true you 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 have to kind of say Tie it, tie it in. <laughs> if, if, I mean, if, if what you're doing isn't working, then try something else. Yep. You know, try something else that's within your acceptable range of artistry and stuff. But try something else and do it 100%. But if, not, if you're if you're just doing two MCs and a dat tape, and you're getting 10 people <laughs> for you know, at every show, then it's time to, to change it up and 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 give something give people something new. Like right. that's that's kind of my mantra is respond to the market and and see what works and see what other people are doing that work you know that works too Mm -hmm. in terms of in terms of style or not necessarily copying people but see what's out there and see what would fit with your style that that with what's out there that's hot so what what are your predictions for 2017 any big trends you're seeing you went through that list with Kevin already. See who's going to be on top uh, but I mean trends Damn, I, I got. I mean, are you talking about just venues, music? Yeah, artists, I mean, uh, whether uh, it's uh, bands that are coming up, and we mentioned Jackie. Yeah. We, you mentioned Hard Proof as well. I'd really like. Uh, this isn't necessarily a prediction, but I think, I think we're getting to the point now. Like, there's a couple of different projects going on around town, like uh, Mosaic um, yeah. and yeah. Think East, and one other that are these hubs that want to kind of create living working hubs of lots of different like 
studios, live workspaces, venue, maybe a bar, like uh, printing facilities, yep. like kind of all under one roof. And I think that that is needed. And there are a couple of those that have been kind of simmering and brewing for a while. I'd like to see one or more of those really start to really get going and set an example and, and start to solve some problems uh, because they're all committed to affordable living for artists, mm -hmm. creating a space where, where you can just kind of be an artist and be a little nuts and and create a cool little community there. So that would be my hope. It's not a prediction, but I, from what I've heard, I think some of those are really getting ready to to finally make a splash. And There's I'm a ready Collide ATX that's opening on yep. February 1st. Shout what, out to our guest last week. Uh, yeah. It's um, the, the Dunlap group. That oh, owned, okay. uh, you know, uh, Container Bar, yeah, 196. Yeah, Bridget, yeah. So, yep. Burn Pizza is turning into a creative space, and they're partnering up with Culture Collide. Oh. So, it's opening on February 1st at it's the old Burn Pizza, where Burn Pizza was. Yeah, it, so. And, and you you know, you could do a lot worse than betting on Bridget Dunlap, so. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, shout out to the Dunlap folks. Yeah, shout out. They're our guests last week. Yeah. No, I saw that. She's, she's, I, I did a cover story on her for Austin Women uh, years ago. And she was great. I, I she's a force of nature. This one, dude. She's got. That is part of my research. Thank you. She's got. <laughs> I talk about being a pirate. She talks like a pirate. Yes, she does. <laughs> she does. She was, it was a. Lot, it was a, a great interview. Yeah. Tamika, anything to look forward to in 2017? I just look. I just. I got a new manager. I just look forward to um, making new music, and, and I think I'm going to go out to California a lot, and, uh, and just to find some. Producers, because I, I find that kind of Austin doesn't have a whole lot of that ne next level production. It, it's kind of like Austin-y. That's a Austin weird is word. too Austin. Yeah, Austin's too Austin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not just not that like kind of nationwide, you know, L.A., New York kind of production. And I, I, I feel like I have to go out outside to, to find that. Yep. To reach the next level. Yeah, yeah. Just to find that sound, because if I, I think I think I, if I keep doing the same thing I'm doing here, I'm just gonna. I, Keep hitting the ceiling in Austin, and I need, I need yes. to break out. Yeah. The time is like, I'm 38. I'm the same age as him, <laughs> and uh, time time's ticking. So that's what I plan on doing for the year, just trying to find that sound any way I can. Do you have a question? We're gonna wrap things up. Uh, no, you can go on and wrap things up. Well, well actually, I will throw one out there. So ahead. we have. Uh, I like to. We're in South by season, as I call it. We're about to be. Ooh, right. Oh. Is there? Yeah, is there? Without starting a huge conversation, is there, is there anything? that you're predicting for South by this year? Usually there's like a styles or there's a brand or like there's some sort of trend happening. Is there an artist you're hoping that comes? I really, I literally just the other day started doing deep dives on Spotify to start to find things. So yeah. I'm not there yet where I can start giving you names or anything. <laughs> Is there styles of music or anything that you might think you need to sing? I mean, I think, I think the, the, what we're seeing in hip hop with, Future with Migos, with kind of the, <laughs> kind of that trap that humana humana hip hop. Yeah, I mean, shaking her head like yeah, mm. I, mean, I don't get that. So that's my daughter. No, that's no, that, all day my daughter. I'm like, what? Yeah. That is that is literally like the, the one. Like it's not like I don't want to hear it, but if you give me a choice between that and anything else, I'll go see anything else. <laughs> so I mean, I but I, but I, it seems like that stuff is here to stay for a while. Yeah. But here's the thing. Okay, maybe this maybe this is something. We're under uh, what's probably going to be the worst president in the United States history right now. <laughs> Art needs to respond. So the music needs to respond. Here's the thing. Obama was a great president, but everything was hunky-dory, and hunky-dory times create bad art, mostly. Yeah. And 
we're hanging trap music on Barry. I'm sorry, <laughs> but we got. We, oh, no. we, we got Thanks, Obama. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. Times were too good. Yeah, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, trap music. Good job, but. But that's that's <laughs> one in the negative. So, so it happened <laughs> under your watch. So, <laughs> I, I I mean, so I want, I mean, I want more run the jewels. I yeah. want more politically I mean, engaged music. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. Huh? Politically engaged. Politically. Oh. What did I say? Buttercream what helps. You <laughs> hold on, hold on. What did I say? Buttercream. I buttercream. Why? I don't know how. Every yeah, time I say uh, something uh, on this show, no, 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 no. comes out no. and nobody gets it. We heard it here first. Buttercream is the style of 2017. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Oh buttercream is it. It's getting started right here. 2017 buttercream year, y'all. <laughs> what? what? Buttercream. <laughs> Maybe you have a song to come out, dude. Yeah, that would butter, butter cream. cream. That that could, that is a very Tamika song. Yeah, you're welcome. Sexy. I like you're it. Welcome. I like it. Thank you. I'll thank you at my Grammy speech. <laughs> Do you have any comments? My last name is Swatecki. <laughs> have a question from the audience, the Facebook audience. <laughs> Do it. Uh, yes, I have a question for Tamika. Earlier, you mentioned that. Austin doesn't have a lot of soul, and so when you're starting out, that's kind of how you found your own lane. Since coming out, have you noticed any new artists coming up that are kind of filling that lane as well with you? Yes, absolutely. Like we were talking about Magna Carta earlier. I love Magna Carta. I don't know if that's not soul. It's more like hip hop, but right. it has that soul kind of vibe. It does. There's a lot of, um, you know, that that whole controversy with the black black pussy. Mm-hmm. The, the rock band Black Pussy, right? Right. Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> Thank you. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Just realize I consent if you know. Because otherwise, <laughs> respect. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh. there's an, there's an article um, a couple of days af- after that controversy, and, mm-hmm. and it showcased the the um, the Austin. Army guard is coming up that that are on the scene, and I had no idea about because I'm in New Braunfels and I just come into town. Right. And there's Alicia Lana. Michelani. Yep. yep. Yeah. She she's a new name though, right? She she, she 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 got married, so it's oh. a different it's a different I name. She, I think her stage name may still be the same. Okay, so just the same. Yeah. I think I think she's she's great. She's a great talent. I see I see a lot of, of, of potential in her. She's amazing. Um. Yeah. There's definitely a lot more because I could count on my fingers like how many there were back when I was doing it. Right. It's like mm-hmm. an old timer. Back in my day, <laughs> when I, back I in two, 2005. <laughs> yeah. It's a very lonely scene, but now it's, it, it seems like it, there, it, there's a movement going on in Austin right now oh, yeah. with, with R&B yeah. and, and, and the hip-hop as well. Yeah. And Mobley. Mobley? You, yeah. Mobley. I love Mobley. Mr. Mobley. Oh. Mobley well, keeper. I saw a show. Keeper, Mo- yes. Uh, Mobley, Mobley is getting a Black Fred award. Yes. I, I'm, that dude I, I'm is off right the now. hook. <laughs> Mobley is getting a Black Fred. I, I, I was at a Ross Day. I did a Ross Day show with uh, Mobley. One man band. He was yeah. like all over the place. He had like confetti and lights. I'm like, <laughs> take, I, mean, I was taking notes. He's he kind of R. Pharrell. I mean, right. in, yeah. a, in a way, he's R. Pharrell. Uh, yeah. He's I mean, ridiculous. In the best way possible. I mean, <laughs> ho- ho- hopefully, have him on the show too. I yeah. work on his hat game though. Do I? What? Works, needs to work on his hat game if he's in R. Pharrell. <laughs> True. <laughs> all right, uh, we're gonna wrap things up. We've been talking for over an hour. Where can people find you? Your stuff, your Twitters, your most, internets. Yeah, most often I'm on AustinMonitor.com, which is like a news site specifically focused on the political, the happenings in government. So I do. I write for them uh, a few times every week. Twitter, I'm at the T H E E Chad. 
because my well, last you got name that. is Polish and it's tough. Yeah, I got in early and back in 08. Did you have a check mark? Well done. Yes. No, no, no. no oh. I, I should. You could have just paid, said yes, man. That's, that's <laughs> happening soon. Um, so the Chad on Twitter, awesome monitor, uh, bu- 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 occasionally AustinMonthly.com. Go and check out all the old Rolling Stone stuff. It's dope. Uh, and on podcast radio stations and TV stations everywhere, because I'm everywhere. Whoa. He's a pirate, yep. remember? <laughs> and assassin. And, and assassin ninja. and private eye. And ninja. <laughs> and occasionally a jester. And a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Tamika? Any announcements, uh, big things coming up? Where can people find you? Ooh, I am on Facebook. Um, I have a show at Antone's February 10th. Um, Twitter, Instagram, you know, all the socials. I'm, I'm everywhere. Where can they find your music? On iTunes. I'm, I'm okay. on iTunes. So that's and, 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 and Spotify. Spotify. That's yeah, and Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm so bad at this. I'm so <laughs> bad at, like, I hype myself. You. I'm a hype man. It's I'm all right. We're, we're here for you. We're here for you. No yeah, worries. You're like, <laughs> right, man. All right, we're going to wrap things up. Thank you so much for coming. Thank, thank you, Chad. You. This has been a damn thank pleasure. Thank you, Tamika. Thank Appreciate you so it. Much. Miko, pleasure. Byron, thank you. Shout out to Sidebar for letting us do this. I know it was yeah, no loud. Thank you, Sidebar. But we made the best of it. It worked. Uh, we're going to put up the uh, the DJ Mail episode soon, part two and three, because it was a three-hour show. Damn. Because uh. he talked so damn much. <laughs> <and we love laughs> mail. But it was good stuff. His dating life is hilarious. So you have to, you have to tune in for that. Um, other announcements. Uh, let's see. We'll be doing some side by stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saul Paul will be on the show next month. Oh. There we go. Uh, I met with him yesterday at the Capitol. Say what? Ah. He, was, he was at the Capitol yesterday. Yep. Cool. Uh, what's his name? Matt Sonzella from Pushamania is going to come on as well. Nice. So a lot of history there. A lot of things to talk about. So make That'll sure you stay tuned. That'll be an eight-hour episode. Oh yeah. I'm sure <laughs> you can we'll release it over the year. You hear part twenty by November. Um, and make sure you follow the feedback on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, feedback BAK, of course, like this. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much. Peace. Ciao, Peace. ciao.